You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken LaVica. We are presented by... The FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Uh, Jeanette, how do you feel about this as the name for the scandal? Getting away from gate a little bit. Uh, Flo Gazi. Great. Yeah, he has a good ring to it, right? It rolls off the tongue. Flo Gazi. It actually does. Yeah. Sounds like a, a rap song, too. <laughs> We're talking to Flo Gazi here on Ken LaVica Live. Jeanette Javier in her normal Wednesday spot. Stone Labanowitz, Friday Night Lights. Uh, let me tell you real quick about the ballpark at the Palm Beaches. Baseball is in the air. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully soon it's going to be like fully in the air. Spring training back in West Palm Beach. Ballpark at the Palm Beaches. Come see the Nationals and the Astros as they prepare for the 2021 season, uh, 2022 season. It's 2022. And we turn back to the top of the baseball standings. A ton of big matchups, including the Yankees, the Red Sox, the World Series champion Braves. They'll be in a rematch, World Series rematch with the Astros. Single game tickets on sale now starting at only $15. Discounts for military and seniors. Visit ballparkpalmbeaches.com or call 561-500-HITS to get your tickets today. Spring training baseball live at Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. All right, uh, so last night... Uh, Howard Bryant, the outstanding journalist, Metal Arc Media, tweeted the following. Stephen Ross allegedly paying his coach to lose games at a time the NFL and pro sports are going all in on gambling shows just how easy, uh, easily the integrity of the sport is compromised. I t- uh, tweeted in response to that, I don't see the correlation between the two because Stephen Ross, in a season where the Dolphins were underdogs in almost every single game, uh, I believe the only game that they were a favorite was against the Bengals. Stephen Ross would have been allegedly uh, offering up $100,000 for losses where most of the money is already going to be going towards Dolphins' losses in that spot. Then it's it, not like it changes the the trajectory of anything. He wasn't spending money to make money. He wasn't betting against them. He was offering incentive for his coach to lose the games. But that, That's a nifty little point, but I think it's still the principle. Uh, so, so, but, but speaking to that, I got a lot of pushback on that. Stone pushed back on that as well. And so did Josh Cohen. And you hear him every day, 4 o'clock here on ESPN 106.3, Josh Cohen and the home team. Uh, Josh, I know that it, for me it's such a simpleton take, and you, you are so much more. Like I look to you as an authority when it comes to, to gambling and lines and all of that. What am, I, what am I missing here? Why is it so significant when the team that was already going to lose every single game uh, when it comes to gambling in the NFL and these relationships they're building so first off this is my first appearance ever i believe on ken levick alive and so that's kind of exciting for me <laughs> and i'm also i'm i'm proud of you because we would joke on the home team about you already had the name of the show picked out and i'm like i can't wait to go on ken levick and here it's actually here it, happening. it is it is come to fruition full circle Young people that are skipping school right now, driving around, smoking <laughs> cigarettes, and drinking soda pop. Listen, dreams come true. Oh, dreams come true. Soda pop. Soda pop. Soda pop. Um, yeah, so, so I don't know if you'd say I'm the expert on gambling. I'd say I could be the expert on losing at gambling. <laughs> but you tweeted, honest question, how wide is the gap between tanking and fixing games? Yeah. And, and that's, a, that's a great question. And it's a conversation that I think we can quantify. I replied to you in the text, and I tweeted back to you and said, I can help you with this. Not trying your hardest to win is tanking, mm-hmm. and it's not criminal. Intentionally trying your hardest to not win is fixing, and a felonious grounds for a lifetime ban. Mm-hmm. So, 
to stick to this tweet, what I'm trying to say is, if you're not trying your absolute hardest, that's not a deliberate attempt to affect the outcome. Okay. But when you are trying your hardest to make certain that you don't win, what you are doing is trying your hardest to lose, and then that becomes fixing. We're talking about the integrity of the game and compromising thereof. So here's where it becomes kind of rough. Your Chicago White Sox, Black Sox scandal 100 and what was it, 104 years ago, was based on them intentionally trying to lose. You can't do that. Legally, you can't do that as well as beyond your league rules and regulation. So if Stephen Ross were telling his employee, I want you to lose these games, and incentivizing him to do such, he is corroborating with a conspiracy Hmm. to fix games. And I don't care if you're a member of organized crime that's trying to pay a player or you own the team. If you're deliberately attempting to affect the outcome, where you're guaranteeing as such to lose the game. So you have, I know you said the point spreads, but remember, there's also the money line. So in football, lots of folks bet football teams to win the game, not necessarily on the point spread. Maybe they parlay a bunch of favorites on the money line. Yeah. If Stephen Ross were telling an employee, or when you incentivize them, what you're basically saying is it's in your best interest if you do this, that if a prosecutor wanted to, could be grounds for Stephen Ross to be brought to trial for actually fixing of those games. So then it's literally a grounds of NFL potential life. If there's concrete evidence, if there is digital proof that Stephen Ross told Brian Flores um, lose these games, lose them on purpose, and if somebody wanted to, they could make a big deal out of this. Then Ross goes to trial, or has charges brought, he'd be forced to sell the team, and he'd be banned from the NFL. You know, as you go through that, I do understand, too, how the NFL would get really squeamish about that now that they've gone into business with Caesars, and they have gambling, or about to have gambling in stadiums, and uh, now they're in Vegas. They have a team in Vegas. How one owner doing that, and all of a sudden, a lot of people would get really uncomfortable at this new world the NFL has started to live in. A lot of people would be really, really uncomfortable because the NFL relies upon the idea that the integrity of the game is intact. Remember earlier this season when a referee stuck his hip out and intentionally bumped a player and then threw the flag? Yeah. And we thought, boy, that is, you know, you're lucky that's not a game-altering situation because, like you said, the NFL has sports book partners, casino partners, and then sports app partners. Mm-hmm. Gambling is now legal. They're taking money. They're business partners. So then you can open the conversation. Well, hold on a second. How do we know that so-and-so at DraftKings didn't know this, didn't want this, and therefore they're taking advantage of it? You remember a few years ago when it was still Daily Fantasy, Ken, and there was a huge controversy because there were employees at DraftKings that had yeah. access to the data. Yeah. Not what was going to happen in the game. No one knows that. But who nobody was playing. So then they were playing the players that nobody was because if by chance they did have a good game, well, those were the guys that were going to win. They had access to that information. When you are the NFL and the integrity of the game is everything and you have an owner who's telling his team lose on purpose, not I don't mind if you lose, but lose on purpose, now you've got real problems, not just with your corporate partners, the sports books, the casinos, and the public, Mm -hmm. but the league itself. You're getting into criminal areas of 
kicks in games. That makes sense. That makes sense. And and one instance of that, especially when an owner is involved in it, uh, that definitely permeates the the rest of the league and the relationships. Oh, I, I appreciate it, JC. And by the way, I don't know if you heard, uh, Dean moonlighted for the first time as an angry sports talk caller in the uh, the first hour of the show. Uh, and, and so he needs you need to give him something to do because he's got way too much time on his hands. Instead of calling your show, he should be calling his therapist because that dude needs a lot of help. <laughs> he absolutely does, and maybe he can apply more attention uh, to actually doing the show he's on every day than calling my show as an angry sports talk radio caller. I, I think he'd be more useful on our show today if he went in the hall on his phone and then posted <laughs> an angry caller in that spot. <laughs> uh, JC, appreciate it, brother. We'll talk to you at 4, okay? I appreciate you. Josh Cohen and the home team, 4 o'clock every day right here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, Jeanette, I want to uh, – uh, what, what is the, the biggest example of you sending the wrong person a text message? I've the a mistaken, a mistaken text message intended for one person and going to another person where it caused major drama. The you up text to the wrong person? Yeah, 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 sure, sure, absolutely. Has that happened? Please tell me that's happened. Yes, uh, I, that's uh, the first thing that comes to oh, mind. <laughs> do tell. There was so 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 you sent a you up text. Yes, uh, essentially. Hey, hey, you. Uh, what are you up to? What are you up to? At right. three o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh, right, and we all know what that means. Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. You all, we all know what that <laughs> means. There's a little alcohol in the system, and you know, it's it, we got, got to find an outlet. Right. Um. What? <laughs> uh, what? What? What did you? Who? You're not not naming names, but but who was it intended for? And then the person who was sent to, what was the reaction? And who what was the relationship to you? Um, it was it was two guys on the roster. Two guys on the roster. Two okay. guys on the roster. Your, your your depth chart, like two, three, one, two. What it was talking? like one and four. Oh, so one there and was, four. So there was like a there was a difference between the. There By was the a way, sizable difference between the one I was trying to text. I've been the four on a lot of people's depth charts. And that's a sucky place to be. It's a sucky place to be because you know you're the fourth on the depth chart. When did you learn that you were the fourth? Yeah, how do you find out? How do you find because out? Because the frequency of being put into the game. <laughs> okay. You just know. <laughs> Good answer. You know based on the frequency of uh, when, you're, oh. when you're put you're, into the game. I was definitely deep on the bench. You're like, damn, I'm, I'm once a month. I got to be like the four seed. The 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 the, the That's fourth. That's the sixth seed at that game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was down lower than four then. Uh, but but so what did so were you intending for the number one on yes. the depth chart? Okay, but you sent it to the number four. Yes, so how did because this play number out? four was and it was one of those things where the first text message it was they were stacked on top of each other in the thread. Got it. A common mistake. Understandable. So the number four texted me to make sure I was having a great night, and number one never never texted me. Four was trying at all. to get the coach's attention. Yeah, four yeah. wanted to see some action. He wanted to he wanted me in, coach. Yeah, yeah, in coach. The game. He wanted to play in the I'm game. I'm healthy again, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why he has that voice. But uh, so four, <laughs> four wanted to get on the field. Gotcha, gotcha. Four wanted to get in the field, but I was still stuck on number one. Okay. And that's, that's kind of how the game goes. You go through one, two, yeah, three, sure, four. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. It's sports. Uh, draft picks. So, <laughs> number one, I wanted to text him. And then, number four, actually being the nice guy that he was, I texted him accidentally. That's the thing. The number four is number four because they're, like, pathetic. So here's They treat you good, and that's why you've pushed them as a woman down to number four. So, my mistake is that I don't save a guy's number until, like, things are actually pretty serious. Mm-hmm. So, I thought I texted number one. But I double checked like the the texting thread, and I was like, "Oh no!" I texted number four, and of course, number four was super excited. Oh, I'm sure. 
Because he's been in right he, over. He's been in his, his jumpsuit for the last month and a half, and all of a sudden he's getting the call. He immediately hopped right in the yeah, shower. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's on his next ten day contract. So I hit him with the oh no, sorry, I'm just gonna head home. Oh, so you couldn't even give any like he he's at least on your depth chart. So you couldn't even give him any love in that in that spot. You couldn't get him any action in that spot. Because I also had options one, two, and three. <laughs> Man, that's cruel. That is cruel. So you got number four. It's like sending him to the scorers table. You're up 25. You send him to the scorers table, and then they cut the lead to like 15, and you need to send him back to the bench. He couldn't even get in the game. Exactly. That, man, that sucks. It's happened more than once because I don't save their I that don't sucks. save their number. That sucks, man. I feel bad for number four. Number four. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. Number four. You need to demand a trade. <laughs> All right. So that brings me though to Bill Belichick, and. His text to Brian Flores, which is in this lawsuit, where Brian Flores found out three days before he was supposed to interview with the Giants that Brian Dayball actually already had the job. Now, when I read this, I had a visceral reaction to it. It is so awkward. Have you read this, Jeanette? Did you read it? No. Okay. We're going to play act a little bit here, okay? I'm going to... I'm going All right. We'll go from the top. I can be Flores if you want to be Bill Belichick. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Actually... You be Bill Belichick, and okay. I'll be Brian Okay, Flores. perfect, perfect. All right, perfect. cool. Here we go. From the start. And action. Sounds like you've landed. Congrats. Did you hear something I didn't hear? Giants? I interview on Thursday, but I think I have a shot at it. Got it. I hear from Buffalo and New York Giants that you're their guy. Hope it works out for you if you want it to. That's definitely what I want. I hope you're right, Coach. Thank you. Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable? Just making sure. Then I wait about 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes. And hit you with, sorry, I effed this up. I double-checked and I misread the text. I think they are naming Dable. I'm sorry about that. Signature, BB. Thanks, Bill. And scene. That's how it went down. My mouth just dropped. Uh-huh. That was actually really good, Stone. Um, so how, like that's pit in stomach. It is. Like... Because to me, your situation of you screwing over the number four guy on your depth chart, uh, because you were intending to hit up the number one guy in your depth chart, that pales in comparison to, to this. That. Yeah, that's oh boy, like that's bad. I I literally got a pit in my stomach, and I'm not involved in any of this. I couldn't even read it a second time for like an hour. Imagine how awkward that had to feel if you're a normal human being. If I sent someone a text saying, hey, congrats on the job at ESPN West Palm. It's going to be great to have you. I heard you're going to be the new host. And then a half hour later, I text back, oh, I misread the text. Sorry. I mean, I would feel miserable. I would lose sleep over that. You can't fix that. You basically ruined not only someone's day, but probably their week. Maybe even their month. Or in this case, their life. <laughs> their career. <laughs> Potentially their career, their life. It could, I mean, in this spot, it triggered a lawsuit against the entire damn NFL. Probably yes. a whole movement. Think about that. Yeah, he started a, potentially a whole movement off of that. I, I mean, I would have lost sleep. I wouldn't have, I would have had to call my parents. I guess what I just did. Like any sort of solace. Like I think I just killed this person's soul. But I wonder what Bill Belichick did after he sent that. Well, see, that, that's interesting because I think my stomach pitted when he signed off and put at the end of the last message, BB. 
Like like your grandparents yeah. text you like yeah. they'll send a text Mimi. Like he signed off BB like he knew uh oh. Here we like it's about to go down. Like see a Brian on the other side. But it sounds like he owned it too. Yeah, he had to. He had to own it. It also sounds like he's an old man because he put his signature on a text. How old do you have to be to put a signature or your initials on a text? Like that's old man behavior. That's fifty plus. Yeah, easily. yeah. You're fifty five or over, right? You're you're probably close to social security, if not there, if you're mm-hmm. you're initially in a text message. But also, Bill Belichick is not normal. Do you think he just like moved on after that? He's like, oh, well, that sucks, and then just went and made dinner. Do you think he lost sleep over it? Do you think he had normal human reactions or emotions to it? What did Bill Belichick do after he realized that he ruined Brian Dable's entire year? I think after that last text message, especially owning up to it, so it seems putting his initials there, he recognized that this is going to create a situation. Really? You really think? Yes. Yes. I mean, that would be incredible foresight. There's no way he could have known like, oh, well, the Giants just screwed up the Rooney rule. Really? You're giving him a little, way too much credit, I think. I don't know. It's also Bill Belichick. It's, Bill, if there's one guy who understands that NFL rules, and I think it would be Bill Belichick who would recognize he just kind of... Uh, I agree. ...outed a huge rule in the NFL. Man, I, I didn't even think about that. You're bringing it to a new level where Bill Belichick knew that things were messed up and he wanted to put his signature on it so Brian Flores had ammo to to show people that he got wronged in the Giants coaching search? Not ammo, more like respect. Like, I think that's, what else are you going to do I'm not following, I'm spot? not following. Respect, like towards what? Like what's he trying to, by signing BB, how is that showing Brian, Brian Flores like, hey, I, I got your back, bro? He owned up to it. As most people do when they send the wrong text message, they kind of freak out and they're like, oh no, you know, I'm just going to ignore it. Except for you. Except for me. Mm. I said most people sometimes. You said, oh, I'm going to go home, I'm sleepy. Yeah. Lame. I lied. Yeah, um, definitely, I know. But, Bill Belichick, a man of high reputation, of respect, I think that he recognized what he did. He outed a huge rule, and he kind of owned up to it, and he put his name behind it. Hmm. Now, I I get what you're saying, Stone. That's tough. There's a level of respect and integrity I think Bill Belichick had with his text messages. Another thing with that, too, is that I don't think Brian, because initially everyone's like, oh, Bill Belichick thought he was texting Brian Dable, and he was actually texting Brian Flores. No, no, no. If you listen, if you look closely at the wording here, um, and he he texts, sorry, I bleeped this up. I double-checked, and I misread the text. I think they're naming Dable. I'm sorry about that. So he did intend to text Brian Flores. Because the initial contact he got, he read it, and I'm assuming it was a text. He believed they were talking about Brian Flores wow. at first. Wow, you're the first. Wow, yeah. you're the first person. Ben Bolin, Boston Globe, formerly Palm Beach Post. I saw him tweet about this. So Bill Belichick misread wow. the text. So he knew he was texting Brian Flores. He thought that he had read Brian Flores was getting the job, and then when he read the tweet, are you sure you're talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable, he went back to who had communicated with him, saw that text, and realized they were talking about Brian Dable. You're so right. So it wasn't him texting the wrong person, and this is where Bill Belichick, and I hate to admit it, is a bigger person than I am, because as soon as I got the text, Coach, are you talking to Brian Flores or Brian Dable, just making sure? I would have gone full ghost mode. As soon as as soon as I mentioned as soon as I noticed that I screwed up, I would have been like, whoop, dots, 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 and not even responded back. Like, oops, well, looks like that relationship's over. Just a KL. 
yeah. And you know, I would have waited. No, no, no. What I would have done is I wouldn't have, have said anything. Let all of it like, like completely blow over. And then a year later, I'd text him like, happy birthday. Like that, that's what I would do and hope that he just forgot about uh, oh, all the nonsense so, from the year before. Yeah, that's, no, that's, that's me. total number that's, four in the line of behavior. <laughs> terrible. That is number four behavior. You're right. That's how you end up number four on the death chart. <laughs> if you have a weird skin condition, if you're an annoying talker, or you do things like that. You're at six, seven, eight. You're below. You're, b- <laughs> you're, I'm on you're the practice five squad. to ten, okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm on the practice squad. I'm making the uh, league minimum in that spot. Uh, man, but that's so... Like, imagine that. Normal human would lose sleep over doing something like that. And I'm not saying it's Bill Belichick's fault. But think about it. This is a guy that is on top of everything. Every rule. He's a step ahead of everybody. And he has created one of the biggest controversies we've seen in the NFL because he couldn't read a text correctly. Think or about label that. his contacts correctly, I guess. But he did No, but he, did. He, he, he knew. He knew. He knew. I think he knew it was Brian Flores. I think he knew it was Brian Flores. Now, you know... In my phone, I rarely just save anybody's number, but this is more because I'm lazy. I don't save them as their names. And what I do is I just, I either A, memorize their area code, or if they're like a 561, this area, I just memorize the final four numbers of their number. That's and so that's sad. how. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know because I'm lazy. I'm lazy and it's easier. That you also way. have a great memory because after a while, yeah. you're like, this system is not working. I have to change everything. <laughs> or what I'll do, I'll search. I'll go to the search option in my text messages and I'll remember the last conversation I had with them on my phone. And I'd, uh, I'll search a word out of that and it'll bring me to the, I respect that. <laughs> to the number. <laughs> what? And then you have to go back and read the thread every time <laughs> just to make sure. <laughs> yes. So this, the sending of the wrong text messages has to happen to you uh, all the no, time. No, it doesn't happen all the time because this is a yeah. foolproof way to operate in my life. It's foolproof in your life. <laughs> Here's a question that I have that I need both of you guys to answer. Uh-huh. Like, And it's been brought up and it's not like new or anything, but for the way Bill Belichick talks in interviews, what about these um, these... Like question marks and exclamation marks and these dashes, like it <laughs> he, just doesn't he does, yeah, sound so, a lot like him. That's a great point. So on, uh, he goes, sounds like you've landed. Congrats, double exclamation mark, like your aunt is texting you. Uh, and then he he texts, this is the high Giants question mark exclamation point question mark explanation point question mark explanation point. Again, Bill Belichick texts like your aunt. He sounds excited and hype for his friends, yeah. for his buddy. Which That's what it sounds like. Which he never has ever. No, for ever. It's it's he goes from press conference of. He goes from that to Giants, question mark, exclamation point, question mark, exclamation point. Talking to the media, I would assume in his position, is different from talking from friend to friend. You don't talk to different groups of people differently? I can. I hope I it works out for you if people. you want it to. Yeah, yeah. I hope it works out for if you want it to. Like, all of a sudden, he's like, Brian Flores was texting with Willie Taggart. Like, that's crazy. I Have a great day it. if you want to. I get it. Because there's some people that I speak to, not not here or with y'all, in a very professional ma'am, sir way. And yeah. then there's other people when I'm talking with my friends, my girls, that I'm very free and yeah, sure. I don't care. Sure. And I feel like that's the way Bill Belichick would discuss in, this, in these text messages. I suppose. But it, it was it, that's a great observation. It is like the upset of the century. That 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 Bill Belichick has texts. a personality. Yeah, like, te- but 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 it shows up more in text than it does in person. That's the thing. The way you communicate with people in your professional life, like that's largely happening over the phone or happening in text. 
uh, and with your girls. It's happening in text. Like I, I, I know you're not using peach emojis with your employer, but you're probably using them uh, or some sort of emoji or exclamation point uh, with your girls. Bill Belichick, when he's talking face-to-face with people, it's... <laughs> but when he's texting, all of a sudden, out comes the exclamation point. And Flores and he... tries to keep it professional as well yeah. by calling him coach. Yeah. Like you can tell, like he's always called him coach. Like, thanks, coach. I'll let you know, coach. But again, Bill Belichick texting like your aunt that you see like three times a year is another story. It's a stunning outcome from all of this. <laughs> stunning. I love it. I mean, Stone, that is so right on. That is really, really well said. Ken LaVega live here on ESPN 106.3 with Jeanette Javier. It's a Wednesday. Uh, we are going to talk with Mike Tannenbaum. I think it's an appropriate guest brought to you by HSS considering he worked for Stephen Ross. So we'll talk with Mike Tannenbaum. We're going to be joined uh, by him every single Wednesday here on Ken Levick Alive. Let me tell you real quick about Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach is where I got my Kia K5 GT. It is lovely. It is blue. It is dependable. It is sparkly. It has room for my kids so I can drop them off at school. They keep all of their toys and their backpacks in there but you know what it's good because the kia k5 gt has the room to handle all of that it's a smooth ride and it was a smooth 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 acquisition at greenway kia west palm beach because it wasn't it, like you get at a regular car dealership you walk in and all of a sudden all of the employees are on you like hey what do you want what do you want what do you want you what do you wait, wait, wait and it's just get me out of here this is too stressful it was ken what are you looking for so nah, something for the family, but I want something fun, fuel efficient. Ah, we know just the vehicle. Test drive, figure out financing, boom, done deal. It is so stress-free. That's what you're going to experience at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Military trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. I think I'm like a lot of you. I don't like haggling. I don't like numbers. I don't like feeling pressured. And that is why I ride with Greenway Kia at West Palm Beach, figuratively and literally. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. Check out the selection online. GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. That's GreenwayKiaWestPalmBeach.com. Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. It's where I got my Kia K5 GT. You'll enjoy your car buying experience at Greenway Kia, West Palm Beach. We'll return. Mike Tannenbaum will join us to discuss Flo Gazi and the Super Bowl matchup on the way and Jeanette's sports movie spectacular. And Bing today, bong. it's the blind side. She's Jeanette Javier. It's a Wednesday. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. You are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN 106.3. Here's Ken Levicka. Presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Visit fau.edu slash MBA sport. Jets, the Dolphins, and now ESPN. Palm Beach County's own Mike Tannenbaum shares his football expertise every week on ESPN 106.3. Brought to you by HSS, U.S. number one in orthopedics, according to U.S. News and World Report, and now in Florida. Accepting virtual and in-person appointments in West Palm Beach and Wellington. Mike Tannenbaum here with us on Ken LaVica Live, and uh, certainly plenty to get here with uh, with Mike. And Mike is in Mobile at uh, at the Senior Bowl. Uh, before we really dig in here to Brian Flores and the Dolphins and the lawsuit and the Super Bowl, what uh, what is Mike Tannenbaum looking for? What what are you doing out in Mobile for the Senior Bowl? Yeah, Ken, covering it for ESPN and uh, looking forward. It's a meaningful part of the draft process. And should be a great week. And uh, we, we go on air uh, 
noon Eastern time on ESPN U, and I believe it's two o'clock on ESPN two. Uh, this part of the GM job, when you were in charge with the Jets and the Dolphins, how much did you enjoy it? Loved it. Loved being out here. Get to see the players um, up close. You get to see one on ones, and uh, should be a great week of practice. Should be very competitive. All right, Mike. So uh, Brian Flores has filed a lawsuit, uh, and uh, we know the particulars now. He is He's basically alleging that there are diversity problems in the league, uh, talking specifically about the Dolphins with Stephen Ross and potential incentives to lose games. First things first, I just want you to go through, when you were hiring a coach, and let's just focus in on, say, a Rex Ryan with the Jets, what was that process like? What steps did you take to ensure that everything was kosher? Yeah, the process was really the same for hiring head coaches, GMs, um, whatever role I played. Uh, you want to be thorough. You want to talk to their former teams. Um, you want to get as much information as possible. I believe who you are in life, Ken, is how you treat people that can't help you. Mm-hmm. So you want to spend a lot of time with their support system. Uh, and uh, so so with with this, specifically with the Giants, Brian Flores got the text from Bill Belichick that it was obviously mistaken. He thought he was texting Brian Dayball. This was three days before Brian Flores is supposed to actually interview with the Giants. Uh, do you do you believe the Giants would have interviewed Brian Flores three days after they already gave Brian Dable the job or made the decision that was the guy? I can only talk about my experiences, Ken. Um, that's not something we would do. You know, you try to be honorable and respectful in the process, um, and you try to give everybody the same fair opportunity. Obviously, you're going to know some people better than others, um, so I could just speak to you know my experiences. With, with with the hiring process in the NFL, do you believe that there is a, a Rooney Rule issue or it needs to be refined? What are your thoughts on on making sure that all those boxes are checked? As is a term that's used in that lawsuit when it comes to, to how this operates in the NFL. So um, I'm very privileged, Ken, to be part of the faculty at Columbia University, and we spent a lot of time looking at the Rooney Rule. Mm-hmm and largely how ineffective it's been. And I think if more time and effort was put on the hiring of entry-level people, where it's more diverse from a gender Mm. and race standpoint, Mm -hmm. that over time those people will work their way up the ranks. And hopefully over time we wouldn't even need the Rooney Rule because those people are ascending through the ranks. You know what, that is uh, one that's fascinating too. I think that that's right on. And that echoes exactly what Evan Cohen has been saying today here on ESPN 106.3 as well. That is good stuff. Mike Tannenbaum with us here, former Jets Dolphins. Uh, and he joins us every single Wednesday here now on Ken Levick Alive. Then there's the part of it with Stephen Ross. And I understand this is someone that you have a relationship with and you have worked for. Uh, do, do you believe that Stephen Ross would incentivize law? for draft position just based on your interactions with him and working under him yeah um my experience with with steve was he was competitive got uh owner gave us all the resources to be successful and my experiences were him uh you know that that never happened do you do you think that it, it, it's unprecedented to think that something in the NFL would happen where an owner would incentivize a, a coach to, to lose for draft position because Hugh Jackson is saying something similar with what happened to him with the Haslams in, uh, in Cleveland. Do you, do you think it would be unprecedented that that would have ever happened in the NFL? You know, you can never say never. Ken, I can just tell you that 
I've worked for four different teams over 20 years, and you know you get into this business because you love football, you love to compete, and um, you know uh, that's why I got into it. And um, it's it's the greatest platform in the world to try to compete against the, the world's best. So again, I can't speak for every situation. I could talk to you about mine, and you know my situations were always ones where you know we were gonna. You know, I think Rex Ryan probably put it the best, which was, hey, let's win or die trying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike Tannenbaum with us here on ESPN 106.3. Uh, and, and so let's talk about the Super Bowl. And I was actually thinking about you Sunday as these games played out because Cincinnati, the way they built that team was by being bad. And then they've really hit on the draft. They've brought in players that are all familiar with one another from college. They really had a massive offseason, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And here they are after an upset of Kansas City in the Super Bowl. Then there's the Rams who have literally mortgaged their future. They don't have a first round pick in the next two drafts, yet they're playing for a championship and all is well because short term that plan has worked. To Mike Tannenbaum's front office sensibilities, which one is a more stable approach to building a winner? Yeah, I'm more of the conservative, traditional approach, but let's give the Rams credit. It's working, Ken, and uh, I was a naysayer. I was a doubter, but let's give them a ton of credit. Uh, Your Jets teams were so fascinating because there were so many personalities. Some were abrasive. uh, Some were kind of cool. Some were, wow, that guy's kind of crazy. And they all came together, and you got to -to back-to-back AFC title games. Odell Beckham is one of the most divisive players in the sport because he speaks his mind. He's unconventional. The way he left Cleveland was, was, by conservative standards, pretty unsavory. But he's been a massive addition to that Rams locker room. Uh, when it comes to hiring a coach, how much do you take stock into how to manage personalities in a locker room like Sean McVay's been able to do? Oh, yeah, it's you. I mean, you got to be, you know, you're like the chief problem solver uh, in terms of you're going to have personalities of all different shapes and sizes. So <clears throat> that's a big part of the job. And, you know, the fact that they could get meaningful contributions from somebody like Odell Beckham just makes them that much more dangerous. And I give Sean McVay credit. You know, they created the right environment, the right culture, and uh, it's working. Uh, I do want to ask you again about Brian Flores and Mike Tannenbaum joining us here on Ken Levick Alive. Catch him all over ESPN from the Senior Bowl. We are into draft coverage now, and it's going to be all over ESPN, as is Mike Tannenbaum. Uh, do you think, because yesterday I keep saying, oh, well, my, uh, Brian Flores is torpedoing any shot at coaching again in the NFL. Uh, this lawsuit is going to end that opportunity. Do you believe that Brian Flores is going to be toxic after this, or do you think he's still hireable? I certainly hope he's hireable. I mean, he did a good job. Led Miami back-to-back winning seasons. And, uh, you know, he obviously took a tremendous risk and made a big statement here. But um, I certainly hope he gets a chance to coach again. Uh, Mike, I want to ask you, what are you, what are you looking for here uh, over the next couple of days in Mobile at the Senior Bowl? Is there anyone in, in particular you have an eye on or teams in particular you have an eye on going out there with the coverage? Yeah, I, the quarterbacks to me are so interesting. Um, Sam Howell's down here, Desmond Ritter. Malik Willis um, should be a really uh, competitive week of practice. And these quarterbacks 
really have a chance to separate themselves. Speaking of quarterbacks, uh, I see some of the early scouting reports on Kenny Pickett, who I like a lot from Pitt, but there's the small hands, the small hands. When it comes to uh, evaluating a quarterback and you see something like that, does that raise a red flag or are you looking for a little bit more before you start making a judgment on hand size? Yeah, I, I want to... Uh... Yeah, I want to see a lot more information, you know, uh, besides hands, you know, ball security, you know, things like that. So um, that's a small part of the uh, equation. Mike, appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next Wednesday, okay? Okay, thanks so much, Ken. That's Mike Tannenbaum here with us on Ken Levicka Live on ESPN 106.3. Mike Tannenbaom brought to you by HSS. Uh, it, that was a pretty, pretty... Uh, emphatic no I don't believe that Stephen Ross would have offered a hundred thousand dollars uh to incentivize losses back in 2019 that is uh that was a staunch response from Mike Tannenbaum the Jets the Dolphins and now ESPN Palm Beach County's own Mike Tannenbaum. so Mike Tannenbaum uh, here on ESPN 106.3 uh and it will have him every single Wednesday but Mike Tannenbaum uh, it's awkward, Jeanette, because he worked for Stephen Ross, mm-hmm. and I'm sure he never had Stephen Ross approach him. Hey, uh, you know, we got a, a tank during the course of a season. But, man, it's so awkward for everybody involved down with the Dolphins organization, too. Hey, uh, your owner allegedly uh, offered the coach $100,000 to lose a couple of years ago. Your thoughts on that? How do you even how do you weather this if you're the Dolphins? He answered it, if you're the Dolphins? Yeah. I have no idea. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, no, that never happened. Yeah, well. What else uh, are you going to say? I, I just, I'm curious what the type of, I'm, I'm just curious what kind of evidence Flores has. Because on CNN, his lawyer said, we have proof. We have the proof that the $100,000 per loss, uh, the, 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 the request was made. But then... I didn't hear it on CBS. I didn't hear it in the ESPN interview on Get Up. If I were if I were Brian Flores' lawyers, and Pat Lawler told us that these lawyers are the real deal, mm-hmm. that these are heavyweights, uh, if I was the lawyers, I'd be volunteering the fact that I have this evidence about Stephen Ross saying he'd pay $100,000 per loss. I'd be volunteering that, making sure it's in every interview, and it hasn't been, so I don't know what to make of that. Maybe they're looking for more evidence. Maybe they're looking to see, back to your point, if it is a joke. Yeah. If it's not, there's a lot of conspiracy theories, as I have found out, speaking to both you and Stone regarding the text messages or just the $100,000 bet in yeah. general. Well, I just think maybe they're dipping their toe in the water. But Stone, wouldn't you, wouldn't you, if you were one of the lawyers and you had evidence that, that Stephen Ross offered Brian Flores $100,000 to lose per game. Wouldn't one of the first things you said you, you said when you jumped on uh, on TV would be, oh, by the way, we have all this in writing, or oh, by the way, we have a, a recorded conversation, or by the way, we have a text message, and that has not happened. No, you're absolutely right. Is it just too big of a bombshell? Like, is it too no, big? I don't think they fully have the evidence. I, th- that's what I think, too. They're, I think they're trying to get everything in yeah. line before they can just drop everything and then say, oh, you want... You want to see how he? Well, he listen bet? up, because here's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Boom! And, and it just gives me files on files on files. <laughs> just Mike Greenberg, just like dropping yeah, the news like, oh! on everybody. Like, 
<laughs> exactly. Oh. I think that's what's going to go on. World star. Yeah. So like, I don't, uh, <laughs> I, I, I don't think they necessarily actually have concrete evidence yet. Because Brian Flores, all he said was said. He said. He said. He said, that's not going to do a damn thing with the lawsuit, and that sure is not going to do anything to Stephen Ross's standing as the owner of the Dolphins. Which is what, exactly what Pat Lawler said. He said that Stephen Ross is going to stand behind. Uh, I mean, I, yeah, he said that, but I always say that, well, or that's how if, we always talk. If there's something concrete, then Stephen Ross, his ownership's going to be in trouble, like Pat Lawler suspects. But if not, it's not going anywhere. All the owners are going to get behind him. He's not, he's, he, he is not going anywhere, and he's not going to face any sort of significant repercussions unless they can have any sort of proof that he told Brian Flores, seriously, hey, I'll pay you $100,000. It was stupid to joke about, right? It, I think we can, we can yes. an owner, that's stupid to joke Especially about. Especially to the type of person that Brian, that Flores, Brian Flores is. Yeah, read the room. Yes. Read the personality. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a great point. It's dumb to joke about, and then it's even dumber to joke about it to a guy like Brian Flores, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. so to that point, it being Brian Flores, you think he wants to do all this without evidence? He's smarter than that. I mean, you don't do all this unless there's concrete evidence. That's what I'm saying. He's just waiting. For, he's just racking them in right now. Wait for the comment. Just racking all the details, all the evidence, and you wait. There, I feel like we just hit the surface. All right. he, he's pioneering this whole movement. I think he's got ammo on ammo on ammo, and he's just ready to unload the it. Files are going to drop. Just boom, <laughs> as I said earlier. Flow Gazi. It'll never end. <laughs> Let's get to Jeanette's Sports Movie Spectacular. Every week, Jeanette, who really hasn't seen any sports movie, she watches a new sports movie, and she reviews it. She has a rating system because she's a proud Dominican using plantains. One being a bad movie, five plantains being a good movie. By the way, uh, plantains, do you, do you like them just in their... their... All plantains are beautiful, okay? <laughs> no, but but they, you can't eat them raw. Food. You can't eat them raw. No, no, and that is... I'm going to make this very clear. White that people, is, they're not bananas. No, they are not. You do not peel and eat a plantain. <laughs> and that is the biggest argument. What do you, you, what do, you do with them? Very... You, you fry them, they're tostones. Yes. And then... Uh, or what? sweet plantains are yeah, maduros. Sweet plantains. Maduros, correct. Or the, you can smash them, and then you can fry them, and that's uh, mofongo. Or oh, you yeah, can just yeah. bake them, yeah, and sure. then smash them, got and it. that's mangu. Got it, got it, got it. Well, yep, yep, that nailed it. Good. I'm glad we specified that. All right. So you watched The Blind Side this yes. week, starring Sandra Bullock. Yes. The story of Michael Orr. Uh, 2009 came out in 2009. Oscar nominated twice. The Queen Sandra Bullock won for Best Performance. Yep. And uh, it lost for Best Motion Picture of the Year. Mm. What won that year, by the way? Do we know? Stone, could you look that up? Be Maybe. useful, please. Friday Night Lights. Look up. 2009, you said, right? Yes. Okay. First thing I noticed... Academy Awards, the Academy Awards, Stone. Have you ever watched the Oscars, Billy Crystal, the glam and the glitz of Hollywood? Good God. Are you just not listening to me right now? The Academy Awards. All right, (laughs) keep going, Jeanette. Uh, One thing, it was really hard to recognize that it was Tim McGraw in the movie. Typically, I've only seen him with a hat on. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just That's kind sort of, of in the thing. public eye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I kind of did a double take. Was with that, that a thumbs up or thumbs down that Tim McGraw was uh, in the movie? Meh. Okay. That's okay. how I felt about it. Really, no opinion. I was just wondering where his hat was. No, I got it. Because he got barely it. wore a hat. <laughs> I wondering where his hat was. Yes, that is a concern. So the biggest thing about this movie was that I cried. I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. And I cried about everything. <laughs> uh, did you take notes of what made you cry? Yes. Okay. Definitely. All right. First, it was sad. I cried when we got deeper into Michael's story. The breaking point was when they told him about the dad. Oh, yes. And he didn't react. Yep. And then he got on the bus. Yep. 
Um, and then his White Walls poem was he's going to a private uh, Christian yeah, yeah. school Very and sad. describing it. Everything was about that. Yep. And then uh, when the first time that he saw his brother after a year was with that fancy restaurant that the family took him to. Mm. That was that was all very sad. Tearjerker. Yes. Um, I have it down here. Sandra Bullock, again, looks fantastic. <laughs> uh-huh. the, one of the biggest things that I was kind of shocked about, Michael Orr, his story, impressive, um, was how many actual college football coaches came up and showed up in the movie. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Nick Saban, Fulmer, and Ed Orgeron. And one of the most shocking things was this quote here said by Sandra Bullock. This is Nick Saban in uh, in their home visiting Michael Orr. Yes. Yeah. Nick Saban, Sandra Bullock, silver screen gold. Is it coming up? Stone? Okay. Do we have the Academy Award winner? Okay, well, let's get to that. Nick Saban. Nick Saban, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And you must be SK. It's me, Michael. Why don't you and Nick go into the living room and talk? Can I sit Absolutely. We'll recruit the both of you. Uh-huh. Hi. Was it for it? I find him extremely handsome. Yeah. yeah, I'm right here, Lena. Yeah. Really? Good comedy. Really? Good com- I find him extremely handsome. Is Nick Saban extremely handsome? Do you think Nick Saban's extremely handsome? No. Can we have Jeanette's music again, please? I like her movie music. Okay, so he's not, he's fine. Is he extremely handsome? You People tell th- me, I don't know. I don't think so, but do you find him an extremely handsome man? I, I like do. his power. I'm you like, do? I'm that guy. Handsome's I find, the perfect word for Yeah, him. he is, he is kind of debonair to an extent. Like a southern debonair. Like mm. a football debonair. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that was it. Uh, also, I mean, not like a, hey, uh, come over, you're the top of my depth chart sort of handsome, but like no. the... No, 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 no. And we were talking about 2009, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Slumdog Billionaire. Does that sound right, Jeanette? Yeah, that does sound about right. Okay. Yes, cool. yes, yes. Right. Um, yeah, I remember that movie swept all the Academy Awards in 2009, sure probably did. with that. Anyways, so another thing about these sports movies that I'm also learning was the different accents and the cultures. The South. Yes. In Tennessee, apparently they call a bathroom a powder room. I didn't know that. That was something I absolutely recognize. Sandra Bullock, the queen that she is, looking stunning for the fifth time I've said that. Mm-hmm. She was like, why don't you go to the powder room? And I was like, what is the powder room? And then you found out. It's a bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never heard of a bathroom being referenced as a powder room before. I thought that was incredibly, like, wow, I learned something new. Good. Um, And that's pretty much my take. I would, I cr- oh, and then I cried of how happy I was. You cried at how happy you were so at the that, end when yes. he gets recruited. Yes, when he gets recruited and then he goes to the NFL and they actually showed him uh, being drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. Oh my gosh! And the biggest thing—I can't believe I uh, the what they opened with the Joe Theismann injury. Mm-hmm. I have never seen the oh, film yeah, the of leg. the Joe Theismann yeah. injury. Yeah, the broken leg, snap leg, famous. Uh, I have never ever seen it because they go about some diatribe oh, yeah. about Lawrence Taylor oh, and yeah. how open. Lawrence up. Taylor broke his leg. I have never seen the Joe Theismann injury, and yeah. that was horrifying. Uh, by the way, Cyrus Wittig, our teammate here at ESPN 106.3, it was not. It was not, uh, what, did, what did Stone say? Slumdog, Slumdog Millionaire. Millionaire. No, 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 no. The actual, it was the 2010 Academy Awards, and it was the Hurt Locker that won Best Picture. Beating out The Blind Side, Avatar, District 9, and Education, whatever that is, Inglorious Bastards, uh, Precious, Serious Man, Up and Up in the Air. Speaking of crying up, whew, boy, beginning of that movie, mm, just tears. It's tears. just sadness uh, in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's so, no change. No, so sad. The Blind Side was sadness. Uh, uh, like 10 minutes of I get to collect my emotions yeah. together. I get to laugh a little bit. Yeah. Look at all these beautiful college coaches, apparently, because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're handsome and attractive. Yeah. 
and then just crying of happiness and that Michael found his place. So you gave um you gave you the, the first movie you reviewed, which was Hoosiers, Hoosiers, three plantains. Yes. You gave Raging Bull two plantains. No, I gave him one. I gave Raging Bull one. 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 Yeah, that's I never want to see it again. And JMP like stroked out um after hearing that. What do you one through five plantains? What do you give uh Drum roll, you, you give please. the blind side? I give it a three point five. Three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half plantains. Three and a half plantains for the blind side. Next week, what are we watching here on Jeanette's Sports movie spectacular. I was actually wondering what I should. I was going to ask you guys what sport movie I should watch next. Uh, I was thinking Bull Durham. I don't even know what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, Bull Durham. Everybody, That's good. Yeah, let's do Bull Durham. Everybody keeps talking about it. Kevin Costner. Let's do Bull Durham. Dances like, like Wolves, guys? Yeah. Okay. Wait, that's the Kevin Costner movie that comes to mind. Dances with Wolves is where you go. Yes. Not Bull Durham or no. not. Uh, really? Yes. Not uh, Field of Dreams. Not Tin oh, Cup. He, that's right. He was in Field of Dreams. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I've never heard of Tin Cup. All right. We we're gonna we should just do <laughs> Kevin Costner movies for the next yeah, I like, that. like month month and a half. All right, Bold Durham, Susan Sarandon, Kevin Costner. That's next week uh, with Jeanette Javier, sports movie spectacular. Uh, Want to tell you real quickly about Brightline. Brightline is amazing. I I mentioned earlier that I've got to go down to South Beach, got to go down to the Miami Beach Convention Center Friday to get my bib for the Miami Marathon, which is Sunday. And I'm taking Brightline because there is not a chance in hell that I'm making that trip on a Friday evening and back to get that bib. Okay, so Brightline is the way to go. Brightline Plus, exceptional. New way to get from point A to point B, car-free, care-free, and seamlessly. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the West Palm Station. I'm going to get on the train. I'm going to get a premium seat, okay? I'm going to have a drink or two because, hey, the work week is over. Or three or four. Or three or four. It doesn't matter. I'm not driving, so I'm all good. And I'm going to take the, the, the Brightline all the way down to my the uh, Miami station, okay? And because I'm getting Brightline Plus service, I am going to get a ride from the station to the Miami Beach Convention Center that includes Teslas, e-shuttles, even shared bikes. I'm probably not going to do the bike. And then I'm going to get my bib. I'm going to go back to the Miami station. I'm going to get back on the train. I'm going to come back to West Palm. And then, boom. Done. Done. All because of Brightline. All in a speedy fashion without any sort of traffic jam because Brightline rules. Brightline, by the way, has officially broken ground on their new station in Boca Raton and they're on track to complete construction by fall of this year. So you know what that means? During football and basketball season, I'm the voice of FAU. Going to get on the train in West Palm, go to Boca, call the game, go back, boom. Day is done. The only way to get to a heat game is through Brightline. The Miami station is just a block and a half away from FTX Arena. Use the buzzer beater train. He can stay until the buzzer, easily get on the train, and head back home. That's Brightline. Go Brightline.com or use the free Brightline app. That'll do it for us. We've got National Signing Day coming up. Brian Rowitz has you for the next couple of hours. Scheduled to appear, Miami Hurricanes head coach Mario Cristobal, Illinois head coach Brett Bielema, and some of the hottest prospects in Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast making their college decisions. They join the show. Brian Rowitz has it for you starting in mere moments. For Jeanette Javier, who will join us again next Wednesday, and we'll talk more about her uh, her you up depth chart stone the banowitz friday night lights well done running things and i'm ken levicka brian rowitz on the way talk to you tomorrow at noon i'm ken levick i'm in live on espn 106.3 bye-bye